I was only trying to help. Uh, this is where we try to help everyday people have everyday conversations in a way that might be, I don't know, maybe slightly less annoying, off-putting, hopefully helpful. Um, my name is Kate Watson, counseling extraordinaire. I'm going to go with extraordinaire. I'm going to try to say that every episode. I back that up. Okay. I'm here with my friend Leslie. Uh, I'll call you life guru. Oh, sure. sure. Yeah. I'll take that. <laughs> I'm putting that on my LinkedIn right now. Leslie, life guru. We are having mimosas. Thank you for being here. Let's do cheers. That You didn't hear a clink because we're drinking them out of paper cups. Because um, we're classy. Mm-hmm. So, Leslie... I suspect you are like a lot of people who may be tuning into this, and uh, you have a big heart, right? Um, yeah, I would say yes. Thanks for asking. <laughs> the answer to that question is affirmative. <laughs> I've known you a long time. I have always known you to have a really big heart, and I, I, part of the reason I wanted to do this was because I meet a lot of people who are like coming from a good place, uh, want to be supportive, want to feel helpful to other people, And Leslie, sometimes people are just at a loss. Um, It has been amazing to me some of the things I've heard come out of folks' mouths that they think are helpful that just ain't. So we kind of rely on some things that maybe we've heard or maybe um, we've heard other people in our lives say or just feels like some way to get out of that that moment so it's there's it's like a minefield sometimes trying to figure out what the right thing to say is. Minefield is probably a a really good image to have in mind here because I think what happens for a lot of people is the pressure's on. Like you feel like someone has come to you and they're in need or they're they're vulnerable. And for a lot of people I talk to, they they describe things to me like, my heart starts pounding, I don't know what to say, Uh, I feel this tension, there's a twist in my stomach, I have to do something. And we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to try to fix things for people. And sometimes that kind of blows up in our faces. I think that the fix things is is really a, an amazing way to look at this because so many people, you know, want to help. That's what we do. You need something, I got you. Mm-hmm. Um, and when people come to us with um, situations that can't necessarily be fixed, or more likely, they're not looking for us to fix the problem. I think it's a a really big moment um, of frustration for for people because you just want to do something and sometimes the doing something is not actually what's needed. Yeah, uh, so we didn't plan this, but it's it's like we did because what you're describing kind of relates to a story I was going to tell. So recently I was talking to a friend of mine about my business and I was telling him how hard it can be for me to manage my money because just the nature of my business is that like I will sometimes go a long period of time without any payments from my clients and then like all of a sudden all the money rolls in and for a couple of days I feel really wealthy (laughs) but like I go from feeling really strapped for cash and broke to feeling like I'm rolling in it in a matter of days and it makes it difficult to manage bills and figure out like how I'm even doing and so I sent this to him and 
again, from a good place, he said something to me like, I get it, but you need to demand that people pay you on time, Kate. That's not fair to you. (laughs) Oh, I mean, you see the place. You see his heart. I do. And I remember thinking to myself, like, okay, fine. Um, And I'm not entirely sure what I said, but I I think I said something like, um, like, I, I, I realized that I could push for payment deadlines, um, but I, I was really just trying to vent. Right, um, exactly. I, I, was, I just kind of wanted him to know something about my business. I just was like, maybe he doesn't know this about my life. Let me share it. And his response when I said, like, oh, I just wanted to vent was, no, I totally get it. I was just saying. And, and those, for me, are like throwaway statements. I totally get it. I was just saying, what does that like spark in you when you hear things like, no, 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 I get it. I get it. I, I got you. I, I, I was just saying. Right. Well, first of all, saying, oh, yeah, I get it. Um, it sparks the oppositional nature inside of me. <laughs> no, you don't. Mm-hmm. You have no idea. You haven't walked in my shoes. You haven't lived my life. You don't know how it is picking up the phone and asking someone that you've had a great relationship with to, to go ahead and, and press go on the sending of the money, mm. you know, or in, in that case, not that I've ever done that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just do it for free. That sounds kind of dirty. Someone <laughs> you've had a relationship with, press send on the money. Kate has a certain side of her business that you don't know about. Leave it um, on the nightstand. <laughs> but, you know, so I think that that sort of, like I said, sparks that oppositional moment in me where I'm like, no, you really don't know. And instead of feeling like, oh, you're listening to me, I feel like yeah, you're kind of writing off my feelings because you don't know, unless you're really in this exact space with me, you have no idea. And if you were in the exact space with me, you'd be like, oh my God, yeah, let me tell you about this one time. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, so I think that that is a really frustrating thing. Um, and what was the other one that you said? Well, it was kind of lumped together as like, I totally get it. I was just saying. Um, oh, yeah. Like, That's it's such a, like, I was just saying, as if that like absolves you of all the sins of everything you just said. Absolutely <laughs> I mean, not. I feel like I was just saying is has become code for don't get mad. Right. Um, like, I was just saying sort of sends the message, like, stop being upset about right. this. Um, it, you know, it also like it limits a confrontation moment. So if mm-hmm. you're like, okay, well, I really need to tell um, somebody something, uh, so how, I, how I really feel, but I don't want them to come back at me with anything, you say, um, well, you know, I think that you probably should have worn boots on a day where it's snowing. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think you really nailed it when you said like the oppositional effect. We actually see that um, in a lot of conversation styles. We see that reflected in the research that when we tell someone, I understand, although it comes from such a good place of wanting to understand and wanting to show someone that you're understanding, it does provoke from people the no you don't response. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny, I, I often think, I'm, I'm pretty sure, and I, and I don't know if, if you, have you ever worked customer service, Leslie? <laughs> Only my whole life. <laughs> oh, okay. um, in, in various contexts. In various contexts, sure. So I, I, I'm convinced 
that in like retail stores, customer service representatives are trained to do this. Um, they're, they're trained to do the opposite of what we're talking about. Because it seems like every time I go to return something at a store, I get that like hands up moment where the employee kind of has that like don't shoot stance. And they say, ma'am, ma'am, I understand. And I really want to lunge across the counter and be like, do you? Because <laughs> I'm returning this thing that you don't seem to want to take back. And I think they must be trained because it seems ingrained in them to say i understand with that hand gesture that seems to imply stop talking yeah step off i think that when people do that hands up thing and i know listeners can't see that i'm doing it right now but i think it sends the message that i think i've understood enough that you can stop now Mm -hmm. that you should not continue and often that shuts a whole conversation down that could have actually been helpful you're really um, dismissing feelings and trying to just get out of this conversation. It, it feels to me like they're, they're trying to say, enough out of you. Right. Um, I understand, so please don't go on and on about this. So it, so it really shuts me down. And I have to say, as someone who tends to be pretty introverted, when I open up even a little bit to someone, that took a lot out of me. So to get shut down so quickly is... It's going to really close me off. I'm going to go running back into the cave where I came from when that happens to me. So, so here are my thoughts. Leslie, when you were in elementary school and you did math problems, um, you were not allowed to just write the answer. You had to do what? So I guess if you're doing, the, doing a math problem, you got to show the work. Exactly. Show your work. That was something we were taught from the time we were very young. You don't just give the answer, you show how you got to that answer. And I think the same thing holds true with expressions of understanding or empathy or just talking to people that you don't get to just say, I got it, I understand, I feel you. You have to show your work, show how you got there. So what I want us to practice is not just saying like, oh, I understand, but actually telling a person what it is that you understand so that you prove to them that you understand. It seems to be pretty important for people. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that um, that sort of is that mirroring, reflecting thing that I think that is really helpful. Now, you said you're an introvert. Well, I'm the opposite. I'm an extrovert. And um, I you know, take energy from every situation. And if I feel like I'm interacting with someone and they have stopped me in my tracks of emoting, I feel like, I don't know, I'm in like a two-car pileup mm. where I'm like, whoa, I don't know what to do. It really interrupts your natural process. It so does. Okay, did you hear what I just did? I said back to you what I understood from you. Ah. I could have just been like, oh, Leslie, I understand. But first of all, I definitely do not because, <laughs> because I'm an introvert. But the best I can do at understanding is showing you that I was listening carefully and I said it back to you. And I, I find that whether it's socially or professionally, that we, we tend to make two mistakes. The first mistake that a lot of people make is that they mistakenly think we can tell people how to feel, how to think, mm. or how to behave. And so when they come to us with a problem, we think, well, what should I tell them to think? We say things like, oh, well, just stay positive. Like, that's helpful. Right. Or I sure. can- Sure, thanks for saying that. I'll do that from now <laughs> yeah. on. Let me just turn on my positive Solve. switch. <laughs> yeah. Or when somebody's really sad and we say like, don't be sad, we think we can tell them how to feel. Sorry, folks, feelings just don't work that way. 
Um, we think we can tell people how to behave. Here's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And Have then you tried yoga. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I think it's this misconception we have that we believe we have any control over how someone thinks, feels, or acts that that compels us almost to want to tell them then what to do. So that's a that's the first mistake we make. I think the second mistake that we make is we really underestimate the power of just helping someone feel understood Mm. yeah we're we're, you can't see us listeners but we're both doing a deep head nod here (laughs) and my voice got deeper (laughs) the that like people tell me all the time they think they're not doing anything if they're just understanding and i'm like oh lord you are doing more than most people ever do if you are understanding that taking a moment to truly understand where someone's coming from, as best as you can, I mean, you can't fully understand where anyone's coming from, but doing your best and showing your work and saying back to them, oh, so what I think you're telling me is that this is going on for you, fill in the blank there, actually has extremely positive effects for people. I'm gonna actually um, cite some research here. I'm gonna try to do it briefly. Um, And I have to confess that this research was conducted for an audience of like therapists but i think the whole idea of this podcast is borrowing the tools of therapists that we can just use in our everyday lives (laughs) so i think that it may be appropriate but the title of this article when it was published was is low therapist empathy toxic Um, and and i'm using the empathy here to describe those moments where we express understanding to people So what they did in this study is they enrolled a bunch of folks who all screened positively for substance abuse. So everybody there took an assessment and was considered, you know, maybe like a heavy drinker or possibly even they maybe used the term like problem drinker. I don't know if they use that or not, but something along those lines. And they randomized folks in the study to one of three groups. One group each got to meet with a therapist who was considered really strong in empathy. And all that meant in this study was that they were showing their work. They were saying out loud their expressions of understanding. They were doing that thing where they just say it back to the person. Another um, third of the group were randomized to meet with a therapist who was considered pretty bad at this skill. Doesn't mean they weren't understanding, but they weren't expressing it. They weren't saying it out loud like I'm encouraging people to do. And the third group met with no one at all. They were the control group and they were just on their own. So it won't surprise you, I'm sure, you know, based on what we're talking about today, that the group who met with that therapist who was expressing understanding out loud without just saying, I get it, they actually reduced their drinking the most. Hmm. I want you to take a guess, and it's totally cool if you get this wrong. Take a guess, which group do you think changed the least? Was it the control group? or the one who met with the therapist who wasn't expressing understanding? Who changed the least their drinking? Uh, probably the, the group that met with, I would assume the group that met with the therapist that wasn't very understanding. You nailed it, but when I ask people that, a lot of times they guess control group. They think, oh, people on their own surely didn't change their drinking habits. Mm. And what this study found was that people were better off on their own. Hmm. They were better off just figuring out their own shit (laughs) than meeting with a therapist who was not consistently expressing these statements of understanding that we're trying to help people construct. And that's, I think, pretty fascinating that like it may actually have a harmful effect if you're not able to connect with people and show your understanding. What do you think about that? You know, I think that... 
that is so interesting because you know to, to walk in the door of a therapist or even to go into a family member or a friend and show them a, a part of your soul and, and tell them that you're struggling with something is so very challenging and so very um, just putting yourself in a, in a tenuous predicament vulnerable I think that's the word mm-hmm. um, mimosas um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, you know showing that vulnerability is so difficult that if you get um, a reaction that isn't helpful it's even more hurtful sometimes if you put out there I'm struggling with this and someone says uh, yeah 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 mm. you know mm-hmm. it potentially yeah. does harm right yeah and I think that um, you know now that you've shared the research um, I'll go a little you know anecdotal about about this whole thing At first I feel like we're not really inclined to talk about the, to show our work with with feelings, we're not really you know mm. especially those of us who are um, you know uh, living in a world of toxic masculinity. <laughs> um, oh, did you just write that song? I did. <laughs> um, but you know it's it's so challenging sometimes to to even have those emotions out loud. Mm. So to say okay, like I, I can I can empathize with that because I see this and I I, I can imagine like why this would be upsetting to you Mm -hmm. like you know even talking about those things for some for a lot of people has just been a verboten thing for their their lives you know Mm -hmm. you're just supposed to internalize it and keep it moving um and so i think that that's something that we we all kind of work against in Mm -hmm. this in this nature and I, i will say sort of anecdotally um my in my own relationship um one of the biggest things that I worked through with my now husband um, when we first started dating was the fact that I just wanted to bitch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are we allowed to curse? I said shit earlier, I know. so I guess I've opened the door for that. <laughs> Excellent. So um, I think our podcast is now going to have a parental advisory on <laughs> it. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, well, no five-year-olds unboxing toys here. Um, so, um, yeah, so I just wanted to complain, and I just wanted to vent, like you said earlier, and I wanted to tell him things and, and show him my vulnerability of, well, you know, when this person in my life does this, you know, I'm just, I, I have so many feelings about that. And he loves me, hmm. and he wants to help me as much as he can. And there are definitely times where he's like, the answer to this is to go buy you chocolate. Yeah. Um, and um, when I say things like, I need chocolate, that's his hint. Um, we have a really nice relationship in that way. <laughs> I, I'm actually a fan of code words. I think that can go a long way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, one of the his first inclinations was to problem solve. Mm-hmm. And that's that's who he is as a person. That's one of his major strengths is to solve problems. Um, he does it in his job. It's something that he you know went to school for. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he like went to school for chemistry, which is essentially like solving problems on a you know, a chemical level. Um, so you you just paused for a minute and thought to yourself, "Do I know what my husband does?" <laughs> he, he doesn't do it now, um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Um, but um, you know, so so that was a big thing we had to work through. Was every time I opened my mouth to tell him about a situation, it was not me saying, "Solve it," mm. "Tell me what to do," mm-hmm. because him saying, "Well, have you tried to talk to your boss?" or you know 
you should do this or you should do that or I'll just go ahead and I'll I'll fix this situation was him having a vote of on of non-confidence in me mm, and like my, you didn't know how to figure that out on your own I, I 100% know and mm-hmm. I know sometimes I'm being lazy and sometimes I just mm-hmm. don't want to do something and I just want to have a moment to be um, you know less mature than I should be about something mm-hmm. um, you know but I needed to be able to show him that vulnerability of that that moment of uh, before I suck it up and do what I know needs to happen. Yeah. Um, and he needed to understand that I was not, every time I told him about something, I, it was not a, a chance for him to solve my life. Yeah. You're making me think, um, and this isn't meant to be like a, a spouse bashing thing. It's it's actually, first of all, there is a well-documented gender divide in how men and women uh, approach these situations. So the examples we're giving and the one I'm about to give kind of falls in line with what research shows how men and women communicate differently. Um, but you're, the example you're giving about you know your your relationship reminds me that you know, sometimes at home when I'm having some kind of problem or dilemma, you know, my my husband might say something like, oh, well, you should do this. And I'm pretty quick to respond with, I really wasn't looking for advice. Uh, I think I can figure it out. Thanks. And he usually answers that by saying, well, then don't do it. And I'm like, what What? What you don't hear is that you're still telling me what to right. do. Now, I usually let it go. That's some and- reverse psychology stuff right there. <laughs> right. Like, I'll usually just, at that point, kind of smile and say, okay, thanks, because like life's too short. I'm not getting into it. But deep down, I'm thinking, whether you're telling me to do something or not to do something, you're still directing me. Oh, yeah. And who made you director? Right. Yeah. Right. So I, I have an example that is not about our relationships. Um, you know, for about 10 years, I worked as a therapist, and I had a, a patient who I was working with who came in really angry and um, she was red in the face and she told me something like this um, I've given my daughter everything she ever wanted I was always patient with her and supported her dreams I feel like she doesn't appreciate it and now that I have found love and I'm getting remarried I need her to be there for me and all she can do is complain and whine and be selfish and I stood by her when it was her own divorce and helped her get on her feet and why can't she be there for me now And this was all very loud and shouty and rapid fire. Mm. And I felt myself kind of activated by it because Mm. it was coming at me in a very intense way. And I said to her, you feel so betrayed. And she just slowly nodded her head and tears ran down Mm. her face. And from that point forward, she continued to share and talk. But it was in a far far more composed, thoughtful um, quiet (laughs) way and she was able to convey her thoughts without it just feeling like she was unloading it was more like working through something and I really feel like she was able to do that because she felt seen and heard rather than shut down or dismissed and had I said something like yeah I get it but you know you just need to find your own happiness she would have heard I don't get it and I'm going to tell you what to do anyway. Right. And you notice, notice what you didn't do there. Um, you know, I'm listening to that situation. I'm like, well, that's an interesting interpretation of a uh, mother-daughter relationship right there. Um, and so part of me, you know, I'm thinking in my head like, mm, do I agree with her? But what you didn't say was, I agree with you. Mm, you mm-hmm. didn't even necessarily, you didn't even go there. You merely validated her as having emotions. You mm-hmm. didn't even validate the emotion that she was, you know, the, the reason why she was upset. You just said, here's, you know, I see, mm-hmm. I see that you 
are feeling very betrayed. And that for her was a moment of I'm seen. Yeah. And I'm dealing with someone who does not see and she's not trying to see mm-hmm. and I want her to be with me on this and for the first time maybe in our lives she's not on on this mm-hmm. same page with me. And and here here I am struggling with that. And yeah. you know what you did by saying that was um, sort of reflect the the, mm-hmm. the feelings that she was having, validate the fact that she was having emotions without saying, um, oh yeah, you're so right. She's What's her problem? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really glad you brought Which that up. Which is also not very helpful, especially because if you said, wow, she sounds awful, then she's going to be like, that's my daughter, don't yeah. talk about her like that. Oh, that's, that goes back to the minefield you talked about. I mean, once, once you enter into agreeing or disagreeing with someone you're back in the minefield um if you are just trying to follow along with someone and understand them it's a much safer territory what's not a minefield a meadow you're in a meadow meadow. (laughs) um yeah and you also use the word reflection so essentially what we're talking about here that the technical term in counseling is reflecting um it's saying back to someone what they have said to you maybe not word for word but kind of conveying back that you've understood what they just told you And the difference between reflecting and validating is exactly what you're talking about. A reflection is you feel betrayed. A validation is you feel betrayed and that makes sense. You have every right to feel betrayed. I wasn't actually validating, I was just reflecting. And I think that that keeps me out of the minefield. Mm -hmm. It's not really up to me to share my opinion of her feelings. It's up to me to show her I'm I'm seeing your feelings and you can keep showing them and that's okay. And that's like a therapist trick that I think that those of us who are not in that day-to-day therapy role can really um, embrace and kind of use and say, okay, this person is not coming to me saying, like, I wanna, you know, do an absolute, like, you know, mudslinging fest about this person I, I care about deeply. They're just, um, they need, they need to be heard. Mm. Um, I want I'm springing something on you that we can edit out later if it <laughs> sucks. Um, but I was thinking, my worry is that people are going to think this sounds like therapist talk and no mm. one talks that way. And that sounds so weird. And I would never do that. So I want to show people how natural this can be. Um, so I thought we might just like have a, like, like just tell me something that's happened to you like this week, like a one of your work, like something from your work day or I don't know, hanging out with a friend. It doesn't have to be a problem. Mm-hmm. It could just be something that you want to share with me. And I'm going to try to reflect back my understanding. Now, one thing that is true of any of these like artificial, like I'm going to demonstrate something moments is um, sometimes they do start to sound absurd because I'm trying so hard to just do one thing. Uh, we'll just see how it goes. If it's awful, we'll, you know, we'll cut this out and no one will ever know it happened. So would you be willing to just like say a sentence or two about something that you've done this week? Uh, sure. Um, all right. Well, what comes to mind is on um, uh, Friday of this week, I, I, uh, we did at my work, we did a big awards ceremony. We do a, an annual awards. And um, I, ha- I am like, the, I have like the anti-stage fright thing. I get in the stage and then I start tap dancing and there's like a, um, an umbrella that I start to do tricks with. And um, so uh, because of that, I don't mind being the sort of MC of that event. Um, and it's my second year in a row doing it. Um, and I started out, and the room was about 1,000 and a half degrees. And I was halfway through a beer, just in <laughs> full disclosure. Um, and it's an event where everyone kind of has mm-hmm. a beer. Um, but I was just, um, 
I was hot and every, everyone that I worked with was, was watching this happen and I just felt like a big butt because I um, like you know it just wasn't my it wasn't my finest moment and um, you know it was it was frustrating to, to have everyone watch it's not that I did anything bad it just wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't perfection in my book you didn't feel yourself I didn't you know I, I didn't feel like it was everything I could have done mm, you have um, like a, a standard you know yourself to be able to hit yeah exactly exactly mm-hmm. and you know, people were coming up to me afterwards, like, oh, you did such a good job. And I'd be like, no, mm-hmm. really. You should see me when I'm really on. <laughs> yeah, you feel like people didn't get to see how you really come alive. Yes, that's exactly, exactly it. I was alive. I was just melting. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and you know some of the factors that played into it, too. Yeah, now that I think about it, I should probably have waited until after to, to, to pop open that beer, and I should have asked them to crank the air up, because when there's a room of 100 people breathing at you, Mm-hmm. Everything is it's hot. So you've got a plan for next year then? I uh, I do, if they'll have me. <laughs> yeah. Your plan, though, is to wait until after to have the beer and to get that room cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, that, uh, I think that'll help this time. All right. See, that went okay, I think. That went really well because you didn't say, well, next time you better not have that beer. And I'd be like, listen, everyone else was drinking. They were three beers deep, and I was only a half, and mm-hmm. I should have been able to hold my own. <laughs> And some of the things that are tempting are things like, don't worry about it, Leslie, I'm sure no one noticed. And that's actually what I got a lot of. Uh, it's like, nobody nobody cares. Everyone thought you did a great job. And I'm like, I botched someone's name, mm-hmm. someone who was important, mm-hmm. and you know who I respect, and, and, and I want to give them a, a warm mm-hmm. thank you. And I, I Maybe they'll be listening to this. <laughs> I'm sorry, Janet. I know how to say your name. <laughs> All right. Well, I I think that we've kind of covered a lot here. In fact, maybe more than I expected to, which is pretty great. Um, any final thoughts from you just on this topic of showing your work, showing your understanding without just putting your hands up and saying, I get it? Um, yeah, I think that the the more we can try this, it's not, it's not like something where we turn a switch and we're like, you know what, I'm going to stop, stop doing that. Um, you know, all I say is just like take a moment and like listen and so when someone is um, coming to you um, maybe take a second and think why are they here why are they talking to me mm-hmm. what do they what do they want out of this situation and I bet they're not asking you to, to solve their lives I bet they're not asking you to slam somebody that they love I bet they're not um, wanting you to disqualify their feelings on whatever happened, even if it seems Please minor. disqualify my feelings. <laughs> Hello, tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just um, I think that the more we can maybe take a second and think about, you know, the purpose of that that conversation, it helps with that moment of you can you know, feel your pulse in your ears mm-hmm. and you're like, what do they want? I don't know how to, I don't know how to help. I don't know how to answer this. I don't know how to solve this. This is something you should, you should just go talk to a therapist. <laughs> Let's face it, not everyone can go to a therapist, so right. we're going to try to help the listeners all turn into mini therapists. <laughs> but also, you know, that could be the first step into that sort of, you know, healing moment of like, okay, I spoke to someone who d- made me feel okay for having this mm. moment of vulnerability, mm-hmm. and I feel more inclined to, to share and explore that vulnerability and try and heal from it. Yeah. 
Well, I could not have said that better myself. So I think what I'm going to do is just uh, list a few things that I think the listeners may find useful after this episode is over. So one is I'm going to put up on our website um, some information around like the research behind this. Uh, I haven't created it yet, but I think I could probably promise maybe like some practice exercises or something that people can do if they want to try their hand at this. Um, I'm also going to encourage people to email us if you have questions or comments or, you know, stories of times that you've tried this, it worked, it didn't work, um, scenarios that have come up for you. You can email us at questions at onlytryingtohelp.com. You can also tweet us and our Twitter handle is at I was O-T-T-H. O-T-T-H stands for only trying to help. So that's at I was O-T-T-H. And I would also encourage you to just start practicing immediately. You don't need some grand moment or a person who has a big problem. You don't need like to feel like, okay, I'm on now. This is something you can do in everyday conversation. You can even do this via email, via text. You can, in fact, I encourage you to try it in any kind of writing format because you can put something out and it it maybe sounds weird and you can delete it and try again. Uh, Verbally, it's like out there already. So if if it came out all wrong, well, it's too late. But if you want to practice this, sometimes any mechanism that has a delete or backspace button is a good one to try. Um, but I'm really just asking you to reconsider that throwaway line of, I get it, I understand, I was just saying, and try to be more thoughtful about expressing what it is that you get, what it is that you understand, and what it is that you are saying. Yeah, I think that, that that's exactly where we should we should start. And and I would say, um, you know, go ahead and forgive yourself because the first couple of times mm. you try this, it may feel awkward, it may feel, you know, a little stilted and, and wrong. Um, especially if that's not your normal inclination. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also want you to know that, um, you know, neither Kate nor I do this right every single time. Um, <laughs> or, you know, uh, you know, uh, as much as we'd like to. Totally true. Um, so it's, it's always just a work in progress, and there's definitely moments, I think, where, where I'm like, ah, uh, that was a moment where I should have been, I should have been listening instead of mm. inserting my own two cents mm. in. Mm-hmm. Now that I think about it, if someone emails us and says like, oh, I've been trying this, but I'm so frustrated just because I'm a sarcastic asshole, I'm going to write back, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll have like a picture of myself in the email with like my hands up going like, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I totally understand. Um, Leslie, this was fun. Yeah. Shall we do it again sometime? I would love to. Okay. Uh, folks, thanks for joining us. I encourage you to give this a try immediately. And, you know, if it feels kind of funky, send us a message and we'll, uh, we'll yeah, well, we won't problem solve. We won't. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we won't. Uh, Dang it. Change is hard. <laughs> Take me in your arms. I don't want to miss a day without you.